for a lot of athletes, we don't think about racial or cultural differences while playing the sports that we love. As a matter of fact, we're supposed to be unified as a family and as a team when you step onto the field. So in this episode, I invited on Chauncey Franks to talk about sports, uh, how they can break down barriers, break down things that society says should separate us, and how, more importantly, Christ can do so as well. Chauncey is the chaplain of the playoff-bound TCU football team, and he oversees the FCA ministry on TCU's campus. As you listen to this episode, we recorded a couple weeks ago, and I had absolutely no idea that the TCU football team would eventually reach the college football playoff, but I loved how that worked out that way. But as you listen today, we're going to focus on how sports can break down so many barriers that can be hard to break in society. I mean, you see it all all the time nowadays, racially, ethnically, socioeconomically. Sports can erase all of that. You can be unified as a team and as one body. But I want to twist this into how Christian athletes can do so and how we can look to Jesus to do so because he broke down so many barriers in his life. How are we doing, everyone? Welcome back to the Competing for Christ podcast. I'm your host, Ken Burke, and our guest today is Chauncey Franks. Chauncey, thank you so much for coming on today. How are you doing? Hey, man, it's my pleasure. I'm happy to be here with you. Chauncey, first off, uh, those Horned Frogs are looking pretty good this year. Uh, obviously, I don't, I don't know what y'all re- y'all's record is going to be when this comes out. But, I mean, big game this weekend, uh, Big 12 championship could happen. Uh, maybe maybe even a playoff berth. But what's the vibe and the feel around the around the locker room right now? Now, you know, it's a, it's a good feeling. Uh, I think one of the things with our guys and our coaches, it's been um, one week at a time. And, you mm-hmm. know, this week is the same. Uh, you know, it's kind of the same – same routine that we did in week one uh, when we were, you know, 0 for 0 and 0 uh, to the same thing of being 9 and 0. And uh, so it's just having that, that workmanship attitude to show up uh, next play and uh, get ready for your opponent and control what you can control and go out there and play the game. So, man, it's been fun. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. And it's cool to watch, too, from the outside looking in because, you know, you're tired of seeing the Bamas and the Ohio States in there all the time. Let's get, get TCU in there. But as we get into our conversation today, I would love it if you just started us off by explaining your faith in sports journey uh, and how you ended up at TCU. So, man, I'm a, a Texas boy. I grew up in a big city of Lockhart, Texas. Um, like any Texas kid, uh, football is something that you love. And, uh, man, I was a, a good football player there at Lockhart 4A school. I was a first team out district, uh, offense tackle and defense tackle. And, man, had aspirations to play uh, college football. Uh, grew up right down the road from the Longhorns. But, man, good Lord only gave me 5'10 height. And so, you know, being 5'10 in the O-line and D-line, um, that ain't going to get you on the campus of University of Texas. So, anyway, man, um, Went to school at Midwestern State University up in Wichita Falls, Texas. I got an opportunity to play football there. Um, man, that was a, a great experience. Uh, we won four uh, my first year. Uh, we were conference champions. Uh, the next year, I think we, we made the transitions from NIL 
uh, not NIL, but uh, in NIA non-scholarship to Division Two football team, and uh, and so those next three years were rough. But man, I grew up in a Christian home. My dad was a pastor. Uh, both of my grandfathers were pastors, so man, I was consistently I was in church. Um, but I would say I was that young cat uh, that what didn't have a relationship with Christ. I knew I knew the word. Um, I respected the word of God, but I hadn't surrendered my life to Christ. And so once I got to college, I'm just living my life as a young college kid that was enjoying it, um, a kid who you know was finding his identity in sports in my fraternity, and man, just lived that way for for some years. And good Lord brought a pretty lady in my life, um, who's my uh, who's my wife now, invited me to church, and so I started attending church. And next thing you know, gave my life to the Lord, and that led me. Uh, to Dallas after finishing up undergrad and graduate school. I was a youth pastor in Dallas for a while and man, really felt the Lord um, just really calling me to something different. And I was still, I went back and, and finished up uh, a second master's at Midwestern. I was coaching football and I did that for a year. And then the Lord called me to a ministry called Fellowship Christian Athletes. Uh, I've been with FCA now for 18 years and uh, been here at TCU for the last 13 years. Mm, wow. How have you used your experiences, uh, both the good and the bad ones, because uh, I, I know you mentioned both, but how have you used those to be a witness to the athletes at TCU now? I think just being authentic, to be able to share with them that, man, there's really nothing that you haven't done that I haven't done myself. Um, mm. I was a typical college kid, chasing girls, drinking alcohol, uh, having fun, uh, going to South Padre Island for spring break, uh, finding my identity and a lot of other things outside of Christ. And so just being able to connect with them, being able to let them know that, hey, that man, it's by God's grace that I'm even walking with God. Um, just being able to share, you know, even at this stage of life, the, the, the struggles and highs and lows of being a husband and a father, um, loving my kids. And so just letting them know this Christian walk is, is not easy, uh, that there's nothing natural that is in you that desires to pursue God, but it's God's spirit that is in you uh, that gives you the desire to pursue him. And so I think just connecting and one of the mottos that we have here at TCUFCA is that no perfect people allow. You know, we want to create an environment, a culture um, where students can come exactly where they are at and knowing that God will beat them, meet them right there. I love that motto, no perfect people allowed, because I mean, obviously no one's perfect on in this world, but at the same time, you're inviting the only person, only perfect person that ever walked uh, in Jesus. You're walking, you're inviting him into their lives. What has that role been like for you as a chaplain and a character coach? Man, it's it's um, it's a great role. Uh, one of the things that we really we really stand on here at TCU with my team is the ministry of presence. And you know, as being a I will say a chaplain or a character coach. We, a couple things we try to do. One, we understand the significance of being present, where we believe in being on campus, being at practice, being around the student athletes and coaches, because that's going to build trust with them as you are stepping into their environment. Um, you know, oftentimes in the church or oftentimes in ministry, we want people to come to us, but the ministry of presence uh, really forces you to opportunity to go to them, which I think is is critical, especially this young generation now. We also, too, uh, believe and just meet people right where they're at. And I think that the role of a character coach is, is that we get a chance to not only talk the spiritual side of life, but just talk life, talk about their careers, talk about their dreams, talk about what does it look like to, you know, being a father? What does it look like to one day um, to, to buy a home? What does it look like 
to, to help manage your finances. And so we've also here at TCU have also helped with the character, the life skills development as well too. And for us, it just gives us another voice and another opportunity to share holistically how to best reach our student athletes. Because I think sometimes like, man, we giving them Jesus, but man, but they may, and they, their souls, they, they come to know Christ, but man, they may not have the wisdom uh, to how to manage their money. They may not have wisdom to how to manage a, a, a relationship. Uh, they may not have the wisdom of, hey, buying a home. And so this is an opportunity for us to holistically wrap our arms around them, not only discipleship-wise, but mentorship uh, as, as a, you know, sometimes as, as a friend uh, and just as a trust and ear. And so it, it, it being a chaplain, being a character coach, I think gives us a opportunity of both worlds to reach their heart spiritually, but also to reach their heart very practically as well. Yeah, I've seen on, on social media how involved you are. And I love that you said the ministry of presence and always being there and being around the players and the coaches. What is that relationship like with the players and with the coaches? And how long have they been coming to you for uh, in times of need, in times of prayer, or, you know, in celebrating, you know, being 8 0 or 9 0, whatever you are? Yeah, man. I mean, it, I mean, we're part of the community, so it's, it's. I think with our team, we're we're in the mix of it, and so for us, it's not necessarily them coming to us, but it's just like we are a part of that environment, and because we are a part of that environment, our role is to pour into the coaches and to the athletes. You know, like today, um, we're taking we're taking our football coaches through the Book of James, and so having that opportunity. Uh, to lead them in that time period, you know, in the coach's office and walking them through James. Uh, you know, Friday night we have pregame football chapel, and it's voluntary. And so, you know, the players and coaches that want to be there, they're there. And so myself and my, my assistant, he actually sitting in here. You can see him over here. You need to get him on the podcast here soon. <laughs> Coleman Maxwell. Uh, Definitely. West Texas, West Texas young man. And so, man, that just gives us an opportunity that when we take a road trip, we're at, we're at the hotel. And so at seven o'clock on Friday nights, uh, one of us is doing the pregame chapel, uh, you know, Bible study. One of us is doing the Bible study. And so, you know, just like Coleman, you know, I was up on a Zoom call. He was downstairs in the chow hall uh, with the players um, eating lunch and just sitting at the table, talking shop, uh, talking life. And so when, you, when you're around like that, God ordained moments where kids say, hey man, can I talk? Uh, when you're around, you can look in their face and tell something's going on. Uh, coaches may let you know something going on. A parent may call and say, hey, something happened at home. And so that, that present piece really opens up the door for God-ordained moments uh, or just even moments where you're at practice and you just encourage a kid. And so it's, it's, it's you know, just being around when you're part of community. It's not necessarily I would say they come to them. But I would say we have a role with the university and with the team that allows us the freedom uh, to encourage and to spiritually lead our student athletes. Mm. Now that you, you know, you're involved in how do you take that next step into growing disciples? Because, you know, obviously you're involved, you're around, you're discipling people and, and they can come to you. How do you then equip them to go to others and be Christian light in the world? Man, we do that through several several avenues, man. I, I think one of the approaches we we take is is the long game. Um, there's guys that have left the university three, four, five years ago, and I'm still mentoring, disciple, discipling them. Uh, the it, the conversations are different now. 
uh, because they're at different season of life where they're a professional world or they're just having a kid or they're getting ready to uh, get married. And so doing premarital counseling, you know, preparing them for uh, life as marriage. And then we also do it too by, you know, through FCA, identifying our leadership team. And so we'll, we'll, we have around 12 student leaders uh, that our, my team, my staff pours into uh, weekly. Uh, investing in them, helping them grow in their in their their uh, faith foundation, and then also we just a lot of one on ones where we are you know connecting with a student, connecting with a student athlete, one on one for discipleship and for for mentorship, and so it, we kind of do it in in several different ways, not just one way. Um, and man, and and we also too look at, I would say even our chapels in our coaches study, those are ways that we are discipling, maturing. Uh, these individuals in their faith. When we're giving a chapel talk, we're not talking about the X's and O's of the game. Uh, we're talking about the X's and O's of God's word and how is that implemented and lived out in your in your own personal walk with God. In relating it back to you know what sport they're involved in, X's and O's in football or you know whatever it is in baseball, soccer, whatever whatever sport they're involved in. That's so important when when sharing the gospel and discipling them. But Today, I really wanted to focus on how sports break down barriers that most things in this world probably can't can't do. And I, you brought this topic up to me, and I love that topic. I absolutely love it because I really don't think it's something that, in my opinion, is talked about enough, especially in the Christian athlete setting. So how have you seen sports and, you know, more specifically sports from a Christian perspective how have you seen that break down ethnic, racial, religious, and other barriers that can be put up in this world? Man, I mean, the locker room, man, I think the locker room is undefeated uh, in really breaking down, um, say, racial tension or ethnic differences. The thing that I love about a locker room is that you put a group of individuals from all different types of background. And because they're in this locker room and they're doing life together, it, it forces them in such a way uh, to get a chance to know each other, to break bread with each other, to put their own selfish ambition aside, and to really embrace each other's culture, embrace each other's uh, backgrounds, and to better understand the person. And so for me, I love it when I see um, the white kids in there, you know, jam it to some of the hip hop or, or the other or the rap music. You know, I love it when I see, you know, some of the black kids, man, that are, you know, two stepping. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I love it when you take, um, you know, maybe a suburban kid or maybe a kid that's from inner city. And, and man, if they're hanging out and if they're doing life with you with each other. And so what it does, man, I think the locker room helps celebrate culture. I think the locker room helps um tear down uh, unconscious biases because there's separation. Um, I think the locker room causes you to take your identity and it's about the team identity. And, and even in the, in the stadium, I mean, if you go to a stadium, you know, here I'm, I'm in my offices, which, which is in the TCU uh, Amon G. Carter Stadium. You know, on a Saturday, you're going to have all walks of life uh, cheering, uh, you know, just giving everything that they can to help TCU win. But one of the things I always challenge people with is that you have, with the same passion that you are cheering for them to win, have that same passion to understand maybe some of the things that they're facing in life that you may not have experienced, but because of your ethnicity, you haven't experienced those things, but taking the opportunity to slow down, to listen, 
and to learn and to have that same passion to fight for the injustice, the very kid that you're cheering for to win that game, we should also be cheering for the injustices that are that have been woven into our society and that are, are affecting subgroups of individuals. And that, that doesn't say that, hey, it's your fault. No, it's not your fault. It is the brokenness of our society fault. And God has allowed us to inherit that. I don't think we have done a good job of taking that mantle and looking at through it through the lens of our Christian faith and looking through the lens of injustices. I think we find ways to avoid it. I think we find ways to put trigger words on it so we can find our, our I would say, find the uh, tribe that we want to run to. But I just feel like the purity of that is that, man, I really feel like Jesus would walk into that. And what a locker room does is that when those young men come together, all their backgrounds die and they become one. And I just if, if everyone could have a locker room in our country, man, I just think it would be a better place. Yeah. And that's the unique thing about sports is that it brings people together that otherwise probably wouldn't be together. They wouldn't have that sense of camaraderie and teamwork that they get in sports, that they can get in football, whatever sport they're involved in. And thinking about this topic too, like I said before, it isn't talked about enough, especially in the Christian setting. But I think the best example of this is Jesus. I, I think he, you know, he broke down barriers that man never had done and never will do again. Like it says in the Bible, he is the first and the last, and he'll, there, there's never going to be anybody like him ever again. So how can we look to Christ to help us not be limited by these barriers and, and see the children of God that er- everyone is? We have to. I mean, I think it's a, a biblical mandate. I mean, one of the things I wish that I always tell my kids, I wish the Bible was in color because I think if it was in, if it was a picture Bible, that if we can, the characters of the Bible, if we can see their, their ethnicity, we can see Jesus' ethnicity, we could recognize that, that the Bible is vastly diverse, that man, that everyone is created in the image of God. And so when we're, when, when we're impartial to anyone because of any differences of, if that's economic, if that's their ethnicity, Man, that is that is sin in the heart, because what we're doing is that we are elevating ourselves above an individual that is created in the image of God. And so as believers, if our heart is struggling with that, man, that's a, a sin issue that we really need to deal with, uh, because, man, heaven, as we know, is going to be every tribe, every tongue, every nation. And so it would be a sad thing for heaven to be the place where the first time that you you experience the diversity of God and the creativity of how he's made so many different ethnicities, because in a lot of we should celebrate that. That's what makes life beautiful. I love to say that, you know, this time of the year, if you my son was uh, he just got back from Boston. He's in seventh grade. They were on a field trip there. And one of the things he talked about how beautiful it was when they were flying out and he was talking about the leaves. He's like, Dad, the leaves are so different there than what they are here in Texas. And I said, what was different? He said, Dad, the, the red, the orange, the yellows. And he's like, Dad, it's just so beautiful flying over there. So here it is, my 13-year-old son. And I'm just like, that's a picture of who God is. Through, through the essence of trees and color, that diversity makes it beautiful. And the same thing through the different ethnicities God has created, man, that's beautiful as well, too. So I think Christ is our model in that. And I think it's sin 
in our hearts when we're struggling to embrace that. For someone that wants to to be a witness for their team, for you know the people that they play, their opponents, or just sport in general, and they feel these barriers, they feel these walls that that they can limit them into you know being put down. What what would be your advice uh, on how to break these and show Christ through their play? Well, it's in, um, intentional intentionality, um, man. I think in anything that we're intentional about you know how we play the game how we are connecting with people understanding that the gospel has given us the power over our own personal fear and iniquities i mean the same gospel that raised jesus from the dead is the same gospel uh, that lives in us and so i think even a lot of times even our christian faith we're paralyzed by what's different from us or maybe a different community or a different person or, or a challenge. But if we truly on Sundays, we worship and we talk about how big and how vast and all the things that our God does. Okay, that's great. Now, if we're worshiping that, then an aspect of our life should embrace that as well, too. And so some of the things that are difficult, we shouldn't necessarily look at them as difficulty because the gospel has already given us the power over that. And so we're not fighting for victory, we're fighting from victory. And so I would just say in that a level of intentionality, uh, not stopping, keep going, uh, and you know, to honor God in these different areas of our lives. Mm. So Chauncey, as we do wrap it up today, uh, I wanted to ask you this, this last question. In your opinion, how can a- a Christian athletes use this topic to not only break down barriers, but I'm going to ramp it up, glorify God? How can they take this and use it for good. Yeah, man, I think they take it and use it for good. I think the the beauty of embracing and connecting with God's people, that man, Mm. if you are getting a chance to, to connect and to do life with someone that's created in the image of God, I think it's I think it's the excitement of the journey that you just never know when you are willingness to step out of your bubble of life and man and and to connect with people. You know that you're you're not afraid to to get to know someone new. You're not afraid to maybe have conversations that are uncomfortable. You're not afraid to to invite somebody to your church that may look different from you. And so man, I just think I think it frees them to be free because I mean, Jesus, that's who Jesus was. Jesus walked among all people. And so, man, I think, I think in so many ways we become tribal in so many ways, if that's politically or how we worship, who we worship with on Sunday. And I just think, man, we miss out on so much. And I think in a lot of ways, I think that's what's wrong with the body of Christ. I think we're in a lot of ways, I would say we're having a pity party. You know, we're sitting on the sideline in a lot of ways we're ineffective you know, we, we know statistically this is the most unchurched generation ever, and it's not their fault. It's those who have gone before us. It's their fault. The church hasn't done a good job of taking the gospel and re- meeting people where they're at. Uh, I think we've done a good job of telling people what's wrong with them, but I don't think that reflects the heart of God. And so I think anything, man, the freedom to go be free and to connect with people despite political difference, despite ethnic differences, despite financial differences, because in the eyes of God, none of those things matter. In the eyes of God, it is we are all created in his image. And so I think there is a 
a great journey that is ahead of you if you're willing to step out of your comfort zone and your bubble in life and go be free to allow God to use you in a, in a great way. Yeah, yeah. And if you're listening to this, I, w- I would just sum everything up what's what's been discussed today with just be willing to step out of your comfort zone. Be willing to invite someone that doesn't look like you, that doesn't you know know your background. Invite them to church. Invite them to just have a meal with you and discuss like what their background is. Get to know them better and get to become friends with them. Because I mean, as followers of Christ, that's what we're called to do, and we're called to just share the gospel any way we can, even if it's with somebody that you don't even know. You don't even you're not even comfortable around be willing to step out of that comfort zone and be willing to just live for Christ. So true. So true. But Chauncey, thank you again for coming on. Uh, your your story is truly inspiring and what you're doing at TCU is just amazing for the kingdom of heaven. Man, hey man, I appreciate it, man. It's a great opportunity. Appreciate what you're doing, man. Just advancing the kingdom of God through the world of sports, man. So take my hat off to you as well too, man. So proud of the work that you're doing. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, well, for all the listeners out there, please share this episode, leave a rating, and follow us on social media at Competing for Christ Podcast. If you don't get anything else from this, just remember this. Jesus loves you, and he's going to fight for you no matter what, no matter what you've done, no matter what stage of life you're at. Talk to you all next time.